You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor and filmmaker, and I am the voice of Songbird in Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. And I'm here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. Um, thank you guys for all the love. There's been some great responses to my recent news. I've been holding that in for like a year. And yeah, there will be more conversation around that as we prepare for the release of Cyberpunk 2077, for those of you who are gamers and excited about that. But yes, I am one of the new main voices of this expansion. So excited to share more about that story. Stay tuned for that. But otherwise, I'm really excited getting on this episode. Um, In this episode, I wanted to sit down specifically with this person. I had an idea of what we would talk about, but my friend Trust, Trust Real, is our guest this week. And he is an MC. He's a creative producer. Um, he grew up doing graffiti and breakdancing. And he's from the East Coast, from Maryland. And I got to meet him through collaboration. And Trust is like one of the most interesting people I've ever met. He has a great vibe about him, extremely hardworking, very humble, very determined. And um, yeah, it's been a number of years that I've known him and befriended him, but I've just been on, you know, as we all are, on the sidelines of each other's journeys, watching each other grow as people, as artists, and, you know, going on tangents and taking different twists and turns. And Trust is like, I don't know, he's been killing it lately, and I was just so inspired by this next chapter. I wanted to sit down with him and talk about it. If you guys are on TikTok or on Instagram, uh, he's blown up on Facebook too, but he is the guy who does uh, the segment. It's condensed to news that rhyme. And he has created this new new format of delivering the news where he gathers daily news, which is crazy because there's so much going on. And it's a lot of stuff in general, a lot of negative stuff, a lot of heartbreaking stuff. But he distills it down to like its bare bones just to give people a synopsis of the day in the form of a rap through hip-hop, and I freaking love it. To me, it was like this creative convergence of just his intellect, his talent, and his commitment as an artist to be like creating this kind of content and sharing it with the world. So I, yeah, I just was like so inspired and so curious to like catch up with him and sit down and talk about this that I had to have him on the show. And it's been great to just like hear about his his hustle. I think we've all like evolved in our understanding and our acceptance and embracing of hustle culture. We are in a completely different time right now where like nothing is certain, nothing is stable, nothing is predictable. There's so many balls in the air. And for me, I get a lot of value out of just and comfort and reassurance just sitting down and talking to real people who are navigating these crazy turbulent wayward waters and trust is one of them he is no bs as you guys will hear in this conversation and you know it's just like learning how to surf the waves and become disciplined in ways we didn't expect and how to sacrifice things that we didn't necessarily care or want to sacrifice to begin with his story is one of perseverance it's one of creativity it's one of commitment 
and openness. And I, for one, have been really, really inspired just to witness it. And I wanted to share his story and his philosophies and where he's at with his day to day, too, because I think there's so much that we can learn from all like learning all those things. So, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation with my friend, Trust Real. Thank you, Trust, for being a great guest. I hope that you guys get something really good out of this. Enjoy. What you saying, Yeah. Came in 88 with a dream of so bright eyed. They knew right away, sick of swim, there's no lifelines. Welcome to First of All Trust. How are you? I'm well, thank you for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. I am so glad. Uh, it's been a minute since we, we've been able to catch up, so this is going to be like a good catch up session, and I want to hear like everything you've been up to. And I just wanted to have you on the show because I've been watching your work, I've been following your work for years at this point, and I'm just mm-hmm. excited about what you're doing. I was like, oh, it'd be so good to sit down and talk with him. So here we are. Oh, man. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that you're even interested in listening to the story at all. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally interested. Well, first of all, how about we introduce... I I do my little intros for guests. You know, we know that you're an MC from Mm -hmm. the East Coast. But what can you give us a little bit more detail? Like, how would you... How do you... How do you intro yourself to others that are just getting to know you? Um, I, I actually keep my stuff low key, but, um, mm. to those who don't know me, uh, my name is Truss. I am an MC from the DMV area. If you don't know what that is, it's DC, Maryland, Virginia, predominantly Maryland. Um, I grew up in, uh, in the hip hop realm altogether, doing the graffiti, doing the breaking and the MCing. And, um, yeah, and all, you know, following those passions, it led me to LA, which I, where I met Minji. And, um, and right now I'm residing in Vegas. That is so crazy. I always would forget that you're in Vegas. So when we're coordinating, when did you move? Uh, January, like very, very, uh, recently. Okay. What was that? Are you open to share? What was, what was the prompted? Yeah. I mean, everyone's leaving California. First of all, like so many people are leaving California. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things that, um, that LA will um, make some, will, will give a reason to like make you move, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people are doing their exits to to, to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. or to Vegas, or mm-hmm. to these other like red states where it's cheaper to live in. Georgia and to my parents went to Atlanta. Atlanta, same thing. It's mm-hmm. a red state, and it's like easier living. Um, but the thing is, it's like Cali was super expensive, mm-hmm. and I was I went back to my accounting gig, and I was working. But I was like barely getting by mm-hmm. and I wasn't driven. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like uh, like the walls were closing in, in LA for some reason, as as, ma- as vast as it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, it made me, um, I was like, you know, I need to take a break. I, I want to be able to breathe, you know, in yeah. terms of like having to work this nine to five and, you know, missing any, because it was, I was basically check the check. And you know what I'm saying? And yep. Um, if I was stressing over my job and I wasn't being, a, I wasn't, I didn't have the time to, what do you call it? To, um, to actually pursue anything. I wasn't like inspired because mm-hmm. I was just like drained from work all day. I'm working with numbers, invoices, all this stuff. That stuff can get tiring. Mm-hmm. So when I get home, it's like, I, my brain doesn't want to do anything. So I'm yeah. here just playing video games. I'm not doing nothing. So I'm like, all right, I need to step away from this to a place where I can breathe a little bit, at least with a little bit, uh. In terms of finances, mm-hmm. and plus my place was small as shit. I lived in a studio, so like the walls were closing, and every and every you know mm-hmm. um, way you can think about it. 
but then moving out here, um, I'm living with my homie and the, um, and he has a whole house. So I just have a room and I have a little space. It's yeah. much cheaper to live out here. So yeah. everything's a little bit more, I can breathe. And because I can breathe is what led me to what I'm able to do now. I love that's such a, well, also we just have to acknowledge at the top. I think you're such a great storyteller. Oh, thank like, you. And, and I'm very um, motivated and inspired by anybody who can like evoke an emotion and bring you in. And that can be through music. That can be through, honestly, through visual arts too. And like, um, and and definitely through film and like the acting world that I'm obsessed with. I'm Mm -hmm. obsessed with all of it. I'm obsessed with art. I think good art writing, like that's why I actually like, there's friends of mine that I, I say, you know, they have a very good skill set with even like Instagram captions. Mm -hmm. There are friends of mine. I was like, I would legit pay you to make my Instagram captions because they're so (laughs) clever and so, or so eloquent. And I was, that's a skill that's an art form to be able to convey something so beautifully or so funny and so like captivating so all of it that's that's the stuff that gives me life and your your essence and your vibe and like your music and it just it bleeds into obviously what you were just sharing now which is the fact that living this life which was suffocating you and like snuffing out any any ability for you to have that expressed in any sort of way. I totally understand that. And I'm really glad that you defended that with your whole life. And now you're on Vegas, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing your thing because that's what it takes, you know, and now you're doing this thing. We can get into that. I'm like super curious. Um, but I was really quick. This is a logistic things, but when mm-hmm. did, where did you live in LA? Cause I actually didn't know we, we would see each other out in the universe yeah, at events yeah. and stuff, but I didn't know like what part of LA you were suffocating in. So I moved around a bit. I was yeah. in uh, Temple City for a while. Okay. So, so like San Gabriel area. Mm. Um, that suffocated me in a way because it was, I wasn't like kind of in the mix. Yeah, you know, I was kind burbs. of on the, yeah, the burbs, right? But I mean, even, you know, certain parts of Silver Lake, you can still consider burbs, but it's yeah. still like LA, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, it was like old family, you know, families and kids. <laughs> like, you know, you don't get inspiration from that. I got to drive 20 minutes past like on the 101 to get to some type of like life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I moved to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So Hollywood was cool. Um, and then, but the thing is about Hollywood, I mean, the space was small. Um, Expensive and it was, it was, for sure. Actually. I got a good deal. Okay, um, good. I had a good deal. It was a good, it was a good, decent space. It was for 1400 Okay. And for a studio? Um, it's for a studio, but it, the closet was so big, I, I created an office in it. So it's like almost like two. Mm-hmm. And my kitchen, it's its own place as well. And it mm-hmm. was actually a little pocket there. So I can set like a little, you know, uh, a coffee shop table with like yeah. two chairs, you know? So yeah. Added a plant, you know, made it made, made it like homey, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, so like it worked, but at the but at the same time, it's like you know, I felt, I still felt caged, yeah. and um, and I mean, you've seen the videos, like it's it's a big space, but mm-hmm. in my studio, I wasn't able to experience uh or, or exp- be able to experiment with that kind of like set, you mm-hmm. know, put, putting the lights and all that stuff. I didn't have the room for that. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't able to really try to pursue um, anything uh, other uh, than just recording the music. Right. I couldn't right. have like a visual set. So moving out here in a bigger home in a bigger house, like it's it's a full house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And it's just me and one other guy. So we have the space. Space and galore. Yeah. So I was able being able to experiment with that. But yes, I was in Hollywood before I left. Gotcha. So you're you're nearby me. I'm up in the valley, but like. It, it's wild to 
I, I, I've become so much more curious and like open about talking with like budget and money and stuff, especially amongst creatives. Because for me, I, I actually have, I won't say I'm like the most business minded, but I don't say I'm not business minded. I definitely think a lot in terms of like what's um, manageable. And I think that just comes from like leadership roles that I, I played where I had to be mindful of budgets. Yeah, And so yeah. I would, I would use it as like a good challenge to be like, okay, if we don't have budget, and we need to fundraise or whatever. And we got like X amount of space. And we have X amount of dollars or not dollars, right? To play mm-hmm. with. Like then that made me really conscious of like, what do you need? What are the absolutes that you need? And what are the priorities? And what is it like the nice to have? Mm-hmm. So that you can get the essentials to achieve your vision, whatever that is. So we're doing collaboration shows. We were like having to start at zero, like pretty much every single time. Mm-hmm. And even though collaboration had a, a reputable name in the Asian American community, we didn't have... Anybody like no one gave a shit about Asian American culture. No one cared about like <laughs> even amongst Asian Americans, we'd have to com- we'd have to convince. I would like be in different cities across the U.S. Mm-hmm. and I'd be talking with different friends, families like in the community, we'd be at restaurants, you know, just having like a team meeting, mm-hmm. and we'd like explain what we're doing. And there's Asian Americans back in the day that like you know talking about oh representation matters, and they're like why, and I'd have to convince. <laughs> You know, people within the community, like, you know, like how how there's a stereotype like, well, Asians are doing fine. So I don't get why that even matters. Like we're, yeah. they're funky. Co- so if there's people within our own community that didn't even care, then you're trying to go to like corporations and studios and whatever and asking for sponsorships. We didn't matter. Like yeah, we got yeah. pennies if that. And mm. it was, looking back, I'm really grateful for that scrappiness because it taught me how to like, A, be mindful of like, what is the vision? What are we trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. And come hell or high water, we got to make, we got to achieve it. So you work with a small space, you work with limited lights, you work with, Mm. and then from there though, then you like, when you have the nice tabs, I think feel like you can kind of know how to maneuver it a little differently because you knew how to do it without it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's definitely kind of like, to me, I feel like that's a way of like training with weights or like Mm -hmm. ankle weights is like, it's holding you down a little bit, holding you back, but you learn how to maneuver, you Mm -hmm. know, through that with that extra weight on you of having a, a smaller budget. Yeah. And I think that's that's great that you went through that. I mean, like you were you've always like been like in a leadership position, right? Because I remember collaboration first, I think that's when I first met you. You were like some like an executive or executive director. director. Yeah. 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 And then uh and then you became like executive director of like We Own the Eighth as well. I was uh, on the board of that, yeah, yeah. On the board. Oh yeah. yeah. See, that's language I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, I want but, more people to know it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I always saw you like, you know, on in that like leadership role or executive role. Um, but then and then I started seeing you kind of uh, develop more into your artistry, doing the voice acting, acting mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I think is pretty dope. And uh, just a question for you, just out of curiosity, yeah. where do you think you stand at now? Are you more of an artist or are you still kind of more like an executive? Great question. I would love it. Um, I'd say I'm at a really happy currently where I'm at, even though like the amount of income or like whatever, you know, however we're qualifying it, would yeah. it, say, it would say that I'm more artist than executive mm-hmm. because I'm making things, but they're not generating, you know, but I do have a company, you know, <laughs> so like, uh, okay. I, I would say in my spirit, in my heart, I feel pretty half and half and okay. like. I would say, um, but I'd had to fight for the creative half because I was so much in the more mm. leadership role. And gotcha. I actually talked about that with, I think with Prisca, who's a singer songwriter friend and like talking about different friends about transitioning out of that role. I was realizing it felt very awkward for me to pursue that even because 
I had always been an artist since I was a really little kid. I've been acting mm. and like playing and feeling like I'm I'm the artist since I was really young. Gotcha. And then the leadership stuff kicked in when I was like actually in high school. Like that's when it I bit the bug. I loved it. Um, mm. It was I'm very like Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, don't I, don't know, I don't know that reference. Okay, she's she's <laughs> like she's like. Uh, She's the one that gets excited about putting together an agenda and like, you know, making stuff happen, basically. Gotcha. Like okay. that that gets me going. Like I love doing a team meeting and like figuring out how to execute. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been interesting trying to like transition because most people, at least in our little universe, which mm-hmm. my universe is growing every day, which is great. But mm-hmm. for the longest, it was they always knew me as only the leader. So it felt awkward. It felt like I was trying to ask for permission to be looked at as an artist too, even though like Mm. in my heart, I'm like, I am an artist. I just haven't like put that, marketed that front and center because it feels weird to ask for attention all of a sudden when you're always trying to like push other people up. Yeah, when you're like behind the shadows and now you're stepping into the light. Yeah. Yeah, And you feel it the push and pull. Like there's some people outside that kind of don't want to. They're youth, they're comfortable with you being of service to them in a certain way. Yeah, but you know they don't mean? matter. <laughs> they don't matter when it comes to your happiness. <laughs> Thank you. you. I love if, this way therapy. Like, like I get to talk to you about how all of this has transpired because this is why I love talking with my artist friends. This is such a specific and unique grind, right? There's a lot of mm-hmm. relatability and universal stuff, but a lot that's just like really your unique path, right? Yeah. And I'm just so like, I'm just so stoked by what you're creating right now. Like, A, I am, again, because I'm the leadership geek and like, I've always paid more attention to the news than not. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have merged the two, because <laughs> it was, you know, for the last few years, it's been like soul crushing, you know, yeah. understanding what's going on in our world. The fact that I am a believer of like good art can take vegetables and serve them as dessert, you know? Mm. And oh, that's like, interesting. that's what I think you're doing by putting your hip hop spin and using your incredible talent for lyricism, for like, the wordplay and all that's why I love rap and I love hip hop. It's poetry. Mm-hmm. And so many people try and they cannot do it. And you can do it and you do it well. And now you've like brought how did can you walk me through that story? Cause I'm like, how did this become a thing? And what was the process behind it? So the funny thing is, I don't know if you knew, but when I was living in LA before I left, I was working with Stephen Yee. I don't know if you remember Stephen Yee. That name sounds familiar. He went to the eighth a lot. Um, okay. He's a creative director for Wood Island Media. Okay. Um, so he, I was working with him and um, as an editor. So we were doing a lot of film stuff. And that's how I kind of gotten more interested in film because music was kind of dying out. Like all my music friends, mm. like all moved back to their hometowns. Mm. Like at my, you know, like when you have that tribe, like you always work with the producer I always work with, the singer I always work with. Everybody moved back to their hometown. And that was another reason why I felt kind of suffocated or like, I guess, isolated. Mm. Because, I mean, there are friends, obviously. But, um, you know, obviously, you, like, you don't see those people unless it was like at an event or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but these are guys that I would like, hey, let's go grab some food or let's go chill or whatever. Right. Shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that anymore. So since all my music friends left and I was kind of getting indulged in this film world, at least in the production side of things. I was like, this is this is kind of dope. I think mm-hmm. I, I can I can kind of uh, I want to kind of try this out. And the funny thing is, as I was doing that, I was actually on my way out the door with music. You know, I'm mm. I'm I'm getting old, 
And I don't want to be, hey, you know, I'm 43, just just dropping this first debut out. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be that guy, right? Why not, so, though? But yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I don't give a shit anymore. But before, yeah. but at that time, I was thinking, like, maybe, maybe the music thing's not for me anymore. Maybe I'm just mm. walking out. Maybe this is the time for me to hang it up. Mm. And that's when I started my documentary and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then as I, um, and then, of course, things didn't work out with, uh, uh, well, me and Steve, we kind of went our own way mm-hmm. and uh, no bad blood there or anything like that. And then uh, that's when I went back to my accounting job. Wow. Um, and then that's when I started feeling like, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm feeling mm-hmm. a little suffocated. I'm not feeling motivated for anything. Yeah. Um, and I felt like if I was to come back, to come out to Vegas, um, I could save more. Uh-huh. So that way I can contribute that more into the documentary. Because mm-hmm. I was, like I said, I was living check to check. I can't do anything with the documentary right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I already tried raising money like three times already. And I'm like, I, I'm doing too much now. I don't want to keep asking people for money. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, let me just, you know, do it the honest way. Let me just work for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I couldn't do that living in LA with the expenses that I had. Yeah. So I moved to Vegas. And then I, I was like, let me um, try to, you know, get a decent accounting job out here. But unfortunately, um, I I, I was idiot for me to not know, but it's like when you live in a cheaper place, they obviously pay cheaper. So mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. not that big of a difference in terms of like uh, living check to check. Right. So um, with that being said, um, I was moving. I, I, I my when I was moving out of California, I was originally going to move back to D.C. Mm. But then a friend of mine hit me up uh, randomly. It was like, you know, commenting on their story or whatever, right? One of those random conversations you just have with people you barely talk to. Mm-hmm. I used to work with them at Hip Hop DX. And we were supposed to start a podcast or something like that. And it never, you know, came into fruition. And um, he, we had this conversation randomly when I was about to leave or I was thinking about leaving. And he was like, yo, man, I still want to do that podcast with you. And I was like, oh, okay, where are you at? He's like, I live in Vegas. And I'm like, okay, it's not that far. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to bring all my stuff, you know, like across the country. I can just bring it four hours away. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, all right, yeah, let's do it. So we were supposed to start this, you know, hip hop media company that was supposed to kind of represent like Hip Hop DX, The Source, Baller Alert, Shade Room, whatever, right? But we we're going to do video um, because he was actually one of the core content creators for Hip Hop DX. And he like, really like brought the the company up he that one thing i think they went from like three hundred thousand to like three million when he left and he did wow. all the core shit himself wow so he was like well just with me and you and they were if that company was making like 30 grand a month or something like that um or like between 15 and 30 whatever mm-hmm. and um and it was like dog and that's you know that's split between you know all these different people you have to pay all these people but mm-hmm. we do it editing we do the research we do the recording we're the voice talent mm-hmm. it'd just be split between two of us mm-hmm. and i'm like shit i'm down mm-hmm. you know i mean I'm, I'm more i'm in kind of in the media thing anyway so this is like yeah. a perfect segue yeah and um not sure if you were like a somewhat of a, like a believer but when it's funny this is gonna make sense because when <laughs> when everything was like feeling pressured I'm sorry if this is kind of like all out of order. No, 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 but, no, go. Um, I'm feeling like, you know, cornered and stuff. And I am and I didn't know what I was going to do with my career. And I was like praying to God. I was like, God, just give me the direction. Give me mm. a direction to go, right? Mm. So being that I was getting into media and then my boy hit me up about starting a media company in Vegas. I was like, okay, this is God, you know, showing me the way. This is mm-hmm. him telling, this is your calling. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I go over here and, and you know, I move here and, and every, we start getting everything started. We got the equipment and stuff. But then this guy, his, his family comes from Brazil okay. and they're here for like two months. So he's, you know, entertaining them those two months. And I, okay, I'm like sitting here like, all right, you know, when they leave, we can get started. Sure. I'll just get a job for now and get adjusted. Yeah. And when they finally leave, he's kind of also into crypto too. So okay. that's where he's uh, been winning in life lately. So now he's like diving deeper into crypto world and mm-hmm. he's just super busy. And I'm like still sitting here, like twiddling my thumbs. I'm like, when are we going to get this started? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, maybe I need to start doing something. Maybe it'll, it'll push him and be like, oh, shit, you got something started and it'll get him to jump in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously you can't just wait for anybody. So I was like, it's hip hop. It's media, like news. Mm-hmm. I was like, why not? Let me just wrap, you know, certain headlines or something. You know, let's just give it a shot. Yeah. So I, I record whatever and I put it out. And you can see probably like one of my first videos. It's like all sloppy. And there was one of my dad, like <laughs> no beat. <laughs> it, was like, it was just like acapella. <laughs> and it's about one story only. Um, but, uh, but, and I was like, okay, that didn't work. And then my friends were like, yeah, this is cool. Maybe you should try adding a beat to it. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I'll do that. So mm-hmm. I had to beat to it. I wrote to it. So it was like I recorded it like a song. Um, and uh, and then I posted it. And then people were, you know, people were like liking comments, whatever. Just like kind of like friends and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But then like friends that like wouldn't usually comment or message me, uh-huh. they would like hit the inbox and be like, yo, I think you got something going here, bro. I think you should keep doing this. And, like, I, and then some other people would be like, I think you find your lane here, bro. You might have to like give this, you know, keep this going. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll keep it going. I'm not doing anything anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I was like, waiting. might as well. And I'm just yeah. waiting. Um, and then next thing I know, I, I just up, I just do it every day. You know, just a quick update of what's going on on the on the on the headlines. And then eventually, it on Facebook I blew up, on TikTok I blew up, Instagram was kind of slow, but like all these people were just kind of like, yo, what? You know, just like <laughs> gassing me up, you know, boosting my ego. That's how and, I felt. <laughs> yeah, and then like you know, so and so in the past two months. I went from on Facebook. I went from a thousand followers. I think I'm like at 140 thousand now. And then from TikTok, I went from 11 followers to like 43 thousand. Um, Instagram was a slow but steady grow, grow growth. Um, I think I went from like 7 thousand to like I think I'm at 10 thousand now. Mm. So um, you know, it, it, it's it, YouTube. I have to get into when i'm ready i don't have the equipment to make it look like a good youtube video yet yeah um so um i'm i'm working on that right now but i just want to grow the the i guess like the shorts i guess before yeah. i get into the long format content because there the next step will be basically playing the video that i just did and then yeah. kind of breaking down the lyrics and talking about exactly what happened and kind of get diving deeper into it you know you're being like you're like a hip hop is a you're a hip hop journalist. That's how I categorize you in my head. Yeah, because I guess you, you could say that. But it's like journalism, but it's also like it's a with a with a specific point of view because you're if you're commenting, it's like a cultural 
breakdown, right? It's an yeah. evaluation from your point of view, which like I didn't expect for this podcast to become something like that. And by the mm-hmm. way, like on the whole, like I needed to look a certain way. I respect that so much. And you have more of a production background than I do. Like we're all, we're going to be on YouTube as this. Mm-hmm. I, I kept, even in my show, I understand like all the preparation for me. I felt I needed to start somewhere, even if it doesn't look the nicest is in the highest quality. For me, it's like, just starting that whole, like what you said, like, oh, it's sloppy and there's no beat. But I love that. That makes me so like, so lit up for you. And like, that gives me gassed up to like, continue to like forge forward because that perfectionism or that fear of like, just like not looking amazing right out the gate. Mm -hmm. I think that's because for me, I understand all the paralyzing fear that goes behind that. Or like, why you're not going to do it. And you just got to yeah. go. Like, yeah. if I if I listen to my original voiceover stuff, I'm like, who hired me? Like, why? <laughs> what were y'all thinking? Like, it's just so bad. I'm just like, oh, what am I? But like, I also think like the pain, everything reflected that. But at some point, you just got to give it a shot and just go. Like, it's not going to look perfect, you know? I'd love it, it, to have a better setup for my YouTube and everything, but we'll get there. One day. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, and and it, the funny thing was at the reason, usually throughout my whole career of, of uh, rapping, I was always this super big perfectionist. No, it can't mm-hmm. be really. It's like, you can ask mm-hmm. people how mm-hmm. I used to operate people. Like my friends hate working with me. I'm sure they used to, hate, <laughs> I had to apologize. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm sorry, bro. But yeah, no, we got to do this over or now we're going to have to fix this. It's just like, I was such a perfectionist. And I wouldn't release it unless it was perfect. And I found that to be um, that to hinder progress. It really hinders progress to be like that. And I think uh, the fact that I was in a place mentally where I was kind of already checked out with music, I was like, yeah, I'm not, fuck it. You know, that's why I was able to just try it out and just do the shit because I stopped giving a fuck Mm -hmm. because I didn't think music was my, you know, was my calling anymore. And yeah. going back to what God did with everything that happened, it, yeah. he, he brought me right back to music. So music has always been my calling. And, you know, it was just something that I had to, it took all this to happen to recognize. I love it. That's, that's a beautiful story. It's the story of the artist, the story behind the heart. I'm really curious, like, do you, did you come from a place like when you grew up believing in like everything happens for a reason kind of mentality or like, do you like, obviously it sounds like when you were at that point of like feeling really particularly lost, you, you asked God, like, what mm-hmm. am I supposed to do now? Is that something you did regularly before? Or is that like, um, was that like act of desperation kind of moment or. I, d- I did, I, but it was, I, I mean, I was, I was never really religious. Mm. I mean, I had like a, like a very small window of where I was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was just kind of a very basic general uh, surface level belief in God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, there, there were times where I would pray, you know, um, I try to use that as also a way to be grateful, you know, yeah. like sometimes yeah. I, like I'll, I'll force myself to pray before a meal, you know, it's mm-hmm. something so basic, but something that's so, you know, needed. For your yeah. own survival and just to remind myself to i gotta be grateful for it you know and sometimes just to remember to pray just kind of puts puts your soul and your your mental into that uh, that mind state yeah. to be uh to be thankful with everything that you receive you know That's so amazing. it so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like oh i'm religious or you know mm-hmm. i mean my parents were buddhist you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um and they weren't even like practicing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it was just kind of like default Right. Um, but for me being more Americanized 
and being around more um uh, more raised around hispanic and black culture in my neighborhood mm-hmm. um i was more exposed to you know like god and christianity and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um i felt that uh, i felt that um that connection a bit more yeah. in terms of with like higher power so yeah. i just kind of stuck to that the basic roots of god I, i'm not you know i don't read the bible i don't know anything that happens yeah, in the bible yeah. Yeah. i don't know who the trinity is i don't know nothing about it. i just know god and that's it and um you know and i was told that you know the most important thing is to have your relationship with god between you and him you know you don't have mm-hmm. to go to church you don't have to have a pastor to, to pray for you you know just have that relationship and that's kind of what i stuck with throughout my life but and um you know obviously there are times especially my 20s where i i didn't pray i just you know i was just a partying idiot and um there's a time for that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it shouldn't have been your all your twenties. You know, I, I should have like taken a break. All right, let's let's get focused now. I didn't understand that concept <laughs> as a youngin. I was a fucking idiot, and that. um, <laughs> that's why I'm like, I I can't take a lot of people who's like 25 too serious because I was like, man, when I was your age, I was a I was such a fucking idiot. Like, I don't know if I should trust you with what you're saying. I but, think that's you know. a good level of caution that that is it is totally reasonable to apply. Cause there, yeah, yeah. It's just the whole frontal lobe development thing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you yeah. have to but I've I, I think I've been spoiled. I've said this so many times with collaboration, like it being like a volunteer nonprofit mission focused on like representation and Asian identity and all that, it drew in a lot of like really not even necessarily like high achiever, high performers, but people that were like purpose driven. Mm -hmm. So I got to be lucky to be around like a lot of young people that were very, that had a generosity about them that had like a passion about them. That's Mm -hmm. why they're showing up to be part of these like showcases and open mic nights and all this stuff. So like, to me, I have enough evidence. I was like, no, not every, you know, 20 year old, a dumbass, but like, (laughs) is it fair? Like, no, there's going to be a question of like just life experience. They haven't been through as many things. Right. So they, the, the tools that they have at their disposal, it's a little questionable. Um, And thank you for sharing that because I, like, I grew up really devout in church and I've like had my whole falling out and, recovery time and trying to heal all the the religious trauma like that's really Mm -hmm. real for me but there's been so i'm very open to like higher power and like believing that things happen for a reason and that divine timing and and what you know that's that our spirits we have souls right yeah yeah. um kind of like remaining open to what is your calling and like what's your purpose and what are your gifts and what are your talents that Mm -hmm. you have to not only enjoy but also to like give to the world like that's a really fulfilling thing to say hey i have this ability to hear music and to put words together in a way that like makes people care about stuff like the news or like what's going on in the world when it is so freaking hard to care like it's just so (laughs) like reading headlines and all that like that's why like to me it's all interconnected right and mm-hmm. I, I look at not to over aggrandize what i'm doing but like i would like to think that there's a higher purpose to what i what i am doing the fact that i'm like i've been obsessed with like pop culture since i was born like mm-hmm. you know when you're a kid you just think everybody's like you right but i yeah. look back and i'm like i was really into like <laughs> i was like learning rap i was like learning mc hammer and i was learning voice to men before i was five years old and not wow. every kid was like sitting around doing that, you know, mm. and it's just like a part of what I'm interested in. And like putting that somewhere, that's amazing to like be aware of it and then to like follow it and then trust mm. it and then take risk on it. I think it's really great because 
I mean, I want everybody to, uh, that's my wish is like people can all kind of hone in on that and then have the courage to go for it. And then also the way you said is like surrender. Cause like, you're not going to be clear minded about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> and in terms of, and talking about the news thing, like headlines and stuff like that, there's yeah. actually, um, I had no idea, but there's a huge void for mm. unbiased, non-opinionated news. I've, I had no, I, I, I didn't do this purposely, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Cause you know, I didn't want to start fights, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, you know, I have my beliefs. I'm sure everyone else has theirs. Um, but I was like, let me not just, you know, let me mind my business and just say what's going on. And, and a lot of comments were like, I love how unbiased you are. I love how I don't know what you think or what you believe. Mm-hmm. I, you're just giving us like what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's one of the main things that is contributing to, uh, I guess, success that I have with the followers that I've grown is mm-hmm. because, um, you know, the, everything, everything is so politicized nowadays, even right. to like fucking movies, you yeah. know, Little Mermaid is fucking, you know, a whole thing. So it's like, um, it, it's, it's, and, and, and that's the reason why I didn't follow the news anymore. I didn't stop listening to that shit. But, um, but the fact that we got into the realm of this hip hop media company and, you yeah. know, we we're supposed to do news updates. It was yeah. supposed to be predominantly hip hop, right? Just yeah. hip hop news. Like what yeah. happened to this rapper? What did the singer say? Blase, blase. Um, but the thing was, um, I, I didn't want to feel like pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was like, maybe this little rap segment can just be mm-hmm. kind of a, a little a, a side thing, but I can talk about other things, but slightly, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just the headlines. Yeah. And and like I said, I, I was apparently fulfilling a lot of people, a lot of people's void for just non-biased news and yeah. um, without even knowing it. So that was kind of this, cool That's thing. amazing. See, you just let it unfold. You just yeah. go with the flow. It'll, wow. it'll find you. Yeah, you, you know, there's like a a saying that people say, because everyone says like, oh, you're on your path and you're like, you're on your way to like, find where your destination is. Mm -hmm. Somebody, again, I'm on TikTok a lot. I say this, it's, it's, but this is why I get to enjoy content. I like your content. I love my algorithm. I get to learn a lot of really dope things. I've already made like three really good meals from TikTok in the last (laughs) week that I will be integrating into like my regular routine. Uh, I learned how to relieve my pain and my shoulders and my back. Mm. Like I learned great things. Um, what was my original point? Well, oh, but like when you're like fulfilling a need, the audience look, like gives you immediate feedback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like you, you can, that discovery point, it's just, I don't know. It's very like, it's so valuable. And that's honest. I was also not trying to throw shade, but my honest opinion is like, I think Instagram's algorithm is whack. So the mm-hmm. fact that that's kind of like a low performing platform for you <laughs> kind of makes sense. I'm just I mean, I got one big win on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the fact that uh, I think, uh, I, I don't know his like real name. I think it's mm-hmm. Benedict. Benedict Wong. Okay. The, uh, the, the actor? Yeah. From, okay. From Avengers. He yeah. followed me from yeah. one of my oh. reels. So I was like, hey. okay, this closer to being an Avenger. Okay, I'm yeah, getting closer. Exactly. You're Avenger <laughs> Jason. Shoot, you're right there following you. Yeah, which, which is crazy. I was like, holy shit. But apparently we have a lot of mutual friends, I'm assuming. Because yeah. he's he's involved in the community, right? He is. I think more so than, like, there's definitely people that are Asian American or Asian diaspora um, 
creatives that are not necessarily like plugged in and know, you know, about all the efforts that go on um, to support diversity. But I'm pretty sure he he is plugged in and, and does know. I think friends. that I think that's probably the reason why he was able to stumble upon. We probably have like a lot of mutual friends. Um, that see, that was like all the the groundwork was laid before you. Yeah, to bring yeah. you to that. <laughs> Absolutely, no, man. I mean, I'm I'm blessed to be a part of that whole like collaboration and um and the eighth um type of community. Because mm-hmm. uh, back home, um, I I had no Asian friends. I was mm-hmm. not exposed to any Asian culture. And when you were speaking about, you know, Asian folks that didn't give a shit about Asian representation, mm-hmm. I was one of them. I didn't mm-hmm. care. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I didn't know nothing about it. You know, yeah. um, I was I was really indulged in like hip hop culture and I was raised in uh, around a lot of his- Hispanic families. Mm-hmm. Um, like all my friends, like all my closest friends around me are either black or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And um but when I first got approached through collaboration, I, th- I think I just like applied. I think I just saw some shit and I applied mm-hmm. and it was like a, and I, I realized it was like a, um, like an almost like a, a predominantly Asian thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this is cool, you mm-hmm. know? And I started to really appreciate how we kind of took care of each other mm-hmm. and the entertainment aspect of it, because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they gave me my own, my own room, like a little, you know, what do you call it? Um, you know, room with the mirrors and the lights and stuff. Room? A dressing room. I have my own dressing room. They gave, they came like, hey, do you want some water, some snacks? I'm like, word? Snacks? Free snacks? Word? Okay. I'm down with it. So, and, but, and the thing is, because being in hip hop, it's a grimy business, especially if you're up and coming. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, people that are sell dreams. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that mm-hmm. was what I was used to. I was used to people, uh, you know, dogging the, the, you know, like the local artists. Oh, here, pay $300. You can do half the song in front of these executives or these A&Rs. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably like, you know, someone's friend's cousin's, you know, acquaintance. And they're really not nobody. Yeah. You know? They and got like a MySpace page that uh, <laughs> they're promoting music on. Exactly. And and it's and it was like, you know, and that's what I was used to in terms of dealing with with like entertainment. So mm-hmm. when I first, you know, got, you know, introduced to like collaboration, I was, re- I was pleasantly surprised of how we were treated. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously at that point I was, you know, I'm, 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 I wasn't nobody, you know, but you still treated me like somebody, you treated me with that, you know, with that respect. And I thought that was super dope. And then when I was, uh, when I brought, when I came to uh, LA is when, um, shout out to Joshua Han. I don't know if you, I think you know him. I love Josh. Yeah, he's, yeah. My, he's my dude. Josh is that dude, and he was the one who brought me on to um, uh, the eighth um, because me and him actually used to live down the street from each other in Maryland. Stop! Are you serious? Yeah, well, as kids, like we kind of grew up as kids in the same neighborhood. That's so cute! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So oh the thing, gosh. the thing is about his, that his his parents were like really strict though, so mm. he was never really around like the neighborhood kids as often. Like mm. once in a blue moon, like we would come over and you know play Super Nintendo or something. But other than that, yeah, we we rarely saw the guy. But, but everywhere oh. else, everyone else in that neighborhood would chill with each other. That's... But but he put me on to the eighth and stuff, and that's how I was able to meet everybody that me and you know now. You yeah. know, and then I got introduced to Cape, and then I got introduced to this and that, and then you know, uh, that's and I guess that's the groundwork that you were talking about. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and because of all that, I'm, I'm about to be an Avenger. Who knows? You know, I mean, we're <laughs> manifesting right now. Honestly, yes. I'm really, really touched to hear about that through your lens, because my my experience or all that it's really touching to hear how much 
it impacted you. And, and that's like the lucky, those are the things quite, it sounds cheesy, but that's like what made me stay in it because mm-hmm. it gets really political. And over the years, you know, success doesn't like, they say that like success changes people. And maybe that's one way to look at it. But a lot of people say like success reveals more of who you are. So like, cause I've met a lot of different people through the collaboration universe in the Asian American world where like, I've watched them go from like nobody who fought, you know, they have like 10 followers or whatever, and then go Mm -hmm. to be, you know, a star. And Mm -hmm. there are people that I've witnessed like stay the same and they are very familiar with like where they came from. And I really, I, I have a personal respect for people who don't suddenly try to like erase what, what like less palatable less like you know yeah. whatever that whatever they're deeming it as whatever previous version of them is trying to like squash that yeah i think somebody who can like integrate that and use that as like oh this is who i was and who i will still be as essence and like grow and mature and expand that mm-hmm. to me is the most inspiring so yeah. i've seen like all versions and like yeah and just being in the midst of all the chaos all of the like hearing what real what people say behind closed doors to like what they you know put out on an instagram post versus like all of that it's been it's been a lot of ups and downs i've I've been just so lucky to like, learn all of that because to me i love understanding how things work in general mm-hmm. i'm really like a curious person to understand how at least in our universe how the entertainment biz and how all the schmoozing works and all that yeah at times it gets so like so debilitatingly like demoralizing he's not these big ass words. it's just fucking stupid yeah it's so dumb and it gets really just like so okay you, you guys are all full of shit and it's not true like not everyone is but that's how it feels you yeah, see yeah. one example after another or people that just like over promise you know and i had to learn how to say okay they're not having bad intentions i don't think vast majority of people don't have like malintent yeah but it's like okay they don't and are they also capable of like following through on their word, right? Do they mm-hmm. do what they say? Yeah. Or are they hella overpromising or overposturing or like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I was even checking myself because I was doing that too. It oh, made yeah. me, the, the reason I was so uncomfortable with it, it was like, oh my God, is that me? And there were mm-hmm. times where it, the answer was, hell yeah, you better stop that because yeah. that's how you're, you know, what's what happening. turning into, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it's all been very like eye-opening and so why it's always good to hear from somebody who, got to have that experience where they feel like it helped improve their life in some way or to be shown care or like that's what we wanted to do because that's what we care to achieve is like say yo we matter Mm -hmm. i'm not saying we matter more than white people black people hispanic people we just matter too like why are we why are you trying to dictate who we are what we are how we are like you don't know us let us tell you from the Mm -hmm. horse's mouth like who and what we are let us show you um and take the the limelight that's so like easily not taken, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or given, right, or bestowed from whatever powers that be. It's just been so much nonsense. But it's all to say, thank you for sharing that because it genuinely that kept at so many legs. Where I'm just like, I don't fucking care anymore. I I don't want to do this. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm done. And then you have these like brilliant moments. You just like again throw it all out the window. And I just have a, we'd have a show or an open mic night, something like, not even like a big deal, but like, it was a big deal because in that moment you see somebody shine Mm -hmm. and somebody have like a, you're just like, oh my God, they're so good. Like, I can't not do this. They got got to No, we got to keep moving. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. We have a little more wind for like 
one more year. I don't know, whatever. It's just like <laughs> you just hang out by your fingernails. It felt like sometimes I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah, it's 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 super tiring as, as an artist. You're trying to navigate because it's like at, at the end of the day, as an artist, you're a business, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, when you're a business, at the end of the day, you're selling something. Yeah. And it's not like you're selling hand soap or a plant, mm-hmm. like something that's tangible. You, mm-hmm. You're selling, uh, you're basically selling a service, right? Mm-hmm. But your service has to serve some type of purpose. Mm-hmm. And for instance, like, uh, what, will, what, what would artists typically say? Oh, I am trying to inspire people. I'm trying to motivate people. Mm-hmm. That is not as tangible and it's not as easily, um, you know, uh, I guess, obtained by mm-hmm. a cl- like a, by a, a customer, I guess you can say, or a mm-hmm. fan, you know, because mm-hmm. singing or rapping or whatever, or just like drawing a picture doesn't necessarily, it's not as easy to capture somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only, like the art form that a lot of like the general public typically enjoy the most is like TV and movies, because it's nothing that they have to do. You know, like when you're like listening to music, sometimes you got to kind of like listen to the lyrics, right? Um, when TV, everything's there for you. The audio's there, the visual's there, everything. So, but as as an artist, you're making songs. It's like, okay, what what is this song going to do for somebody? You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it takes a lot to have that perfect formula to, I guess, go viral or have that that hit single mm-hmm. that gets either people motivated to cry, mm-hmm. motivated to dance, mm-hmm. or motivated to you know you know work out more or whatever it is that you're supposed to influence with that song Mm -hmm. um and that was kind of the reason why i got lost because i was trying to find what my brand was too Mm -hmm. and there i mean i'm an artist i like to do all kinds of shit i like to Mm -hmm. talk about conscious things and life and deep stuff but at the same time i I get aggressive and i kind of want to punch you in the face sometimes and put that on a track but Mm -hmm. you know obviously you know doing all those things you don't necessarily have a brand and your 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 service is kind of all over the place. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, mm. um, a, a brand that just comes out, but they're selling all these different things. Hand soap, tripods, glasses, hard drives. That's just random. Like, what the fuck is this brand? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that I finally found a service, which is providing new unbiased news in mm-hmm. a fast and enjoyable like way. Mm-hmm. is the actual product that I found to be that tangible, you know, service that people mm-hmm. are looking for. And um, and in terms of entertainment, that's kind of like your only thing. It's like, it's just to entertain or mm-hmm. inspire, right? But yeah. that's, it's so vague. And you have to, as an artist, navigate your way to find what specific piece of inspiration, motivation, or entertainment does your brand specifically fit? And that's what artists struggle to find because you mm-hmm. have to be useful in entertainment mm-hmm. and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, entertaining, and you know, that's kind of the easy part, right? There's music, there's melodies, there's words. But yeah. then there's the other part that people can't find is contributing that value to someone's life. And I love that. That's well said. And the song is is typically in terms of you know, trying to motivate or influence them or inspire somebody, it's hard to catch people's attention because the yeah. music may not fit their, um, the way they receive it. Like some, if you do hip hop music, but somebody likes country music, they're not going to be your client. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to exactly. be. Your co- so it's like, you, it's, it's, it's so music is so narrow, especially hip hop, because you have such a narrow niche crowd of people that you have to 
uh, contribute that specific value or service to. Yeah. And it's hard for artists to find. I'm just lucky that I found this. I'm very glad you did. I'm I'm also big. I think I I you're the one that's walking that line. So I I don't I don't uh, disagree with anything you're saying. I'm I'm a big. This is how woo woo I am. Mm-hmm. I'm very like specific in how uh, I phrase things. Okay. Um, because I believe in the power of like words and manifestation and the like what the energy of music and like even my podcast, I'm not singing or rapping or anything, but what I can tell like when I'm putting something that my heart is truly in a good place of like, I'm giving, I'm doing my best to give something good to anybody who's listening to this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, I'm, uh, I, I believe in like telling people, the truth, which is like, yeah, this is not an easy path to walk. And this is a hard job to do. Mm-hmm. And then I want to like supplement that. Like it's also doable. And these are the ways to do it. Cause the wording of that together, the song that that's writes and sings is like, it's not easy, but you can do it mm-hmm. because if it's always just left at like, it's really hard to do and they don't do that. And like, that's the thing that kind of gets stuck in that energy and that's what's manifesting at least for me for when okay. i'm talking about my own stuff mm-hmm. um because i've been watching how much i i complain personally for me when i would complain about it, but that's negative energy right because i'm complaining i'm saying all these things are hard i'm saying these people are whack i can't trust xyz mm-hmm. and i could feel myself just kind of going in this downward energy it's like this isn't helping me this isn't getting me to where i want to be which is where i trust people we're making really good shit and like yeah. we're making lots of money from it. If I want to be in that direction, I got to kind of like help myself even word wise and then energetically get into that space. Mm. So I guess it's not to dis- disagree with what you're saying. It's to like supplement is really hard and it's doable because there are people who are doing it. And that's what I oh. focus on to like reverse engineer. And I would actually add the thing that I've been really lucky for my acting school, which I think has made all the difference for me, at least, and maybe it's just my belief, but what has made the difference in my life of like a- acknowledging how hard all of that is. The other facet that I don't think a lot of people talk about from a business standpoint, as like a business minded person, the fact that you said as artists, we are businesses, mm-hmm. at least if you are trying to do this as a living mm-hmm. is administration. It mm-hmm. is the business side of it. Mm-hmm. It is answering your goddamn emails. Yeah. I will say like, you know, as the artist to the collaboration producer, right? How many times I was trying to get, and I'm not getting any cut of this. And well, collaboration got, this is where I think we got, we went wrong as an organization. <laughs> I'm like, we should have been a damn agency, you know? Cause we had connections to all these artists and we were always getting gigs for people. But if I can tell you how many people did not answer emails, wow, how many people did not return texts or calls. And that's a whole, me being me, I can go into all like generational trauma and like you have unhealed wounds and like you have a, you're self-sabotaging and you're not like letting yourself succeed. All of that. Yes. But at the end of the day, my love, I'm trying to get you like it's, you know, I'm getting you a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. I know it's not thousand. I know it's not two thousand, but I'm getting you a hundred to two hundred dollars to do a 10 minute set at a, you know, a tiny festival. I'm sorry, it's not more, but it's something. And then like Mm -hmm. the amount of people, even if it's a no just respond yeah and yeah. how many people like i wish i could scream this from the rooftops how i was like answer your freaking e-. like no not as a answer your fucking email <laughs> like, <laughs> i am we're trying to help you you know i would get so upset because it's over time after time and then being around artists who are like man i can't make it i can't make it 
And in my mind, I don't, there's some of them that I knew. I was like, well, you didn't answer when I asked you to. Even if it's a no, it's responsiveness. If you don't answer, I'd stop reaching out. Yeah, yeah. You know, if there's a conflict, if it's not enough of a fee, whatever. And those are, that's why I also still go back. Like, is it a matter of discipline? And or is it a matter of like healing some stuff to like believe in yourself as an artist? It takes a lot. So I'm mm. not taking away from how hard it is. Mm-hmm. But the simplest things can be the difference between having some longevity or having enough runway to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I can say from like producer side. So, and it would drive me crazy. So from from an artist side, uh, at least from rappers. Okay, at mm-hmm. least from rappers. I don't know about like regular singers and actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of rappers, there is this this saying that I absolutely hate. Uh-huh. It's or or I think I. I I don't hate it, but it always I hate that it gets misconstrued. So people always tell these artists, know your worth. Uh-huh. And people are like, always take that as, oh, I'm worth like I'm worth more than what I really am, what I really mm. think. Mm. And obviously it's like you know what you're worth also means know what you're not worth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of rappers that I, I might have known from back in the day might have gotten your email, be like two hundred dollars. <laughs> whatever i can do that shit you know whatever whatever, blah 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 but you know it's like and they will they'll kind of like burn that bridge or they'll just kind of like brush it off because they think they're bigger than that they think they think they're so dope they think they're you know what i'm saying and it's like and 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 (laughs) a lot of those egos is what creates the crab in the bucket mind state in terms of rappers and and that's why a lot of artists like they don't make it, and then they ex- they think that they're the shit. But then when they finally get some type of opportunity, they they you know they drop the ball. They don't bring any. There's no there's nobody there to watch you. You're not that hot. You know you got mm-hmm. you know, and they don't understand the fact that you, if you have like a thousand followers, it doesn't mean that all those a thousand people will come to your show. Right. Like right. Five, less than five percent will probably show up, and yeah. that's and that's if you're lucky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and just because they're following you doesn't mean that they're fucking fans. You know, they don't, they might just follow you because like, oh, this person is cool. Or, oh, I went to high school with this person. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, they're not like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to go to a show. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Or buy their merch or whatever. You exactly. Know? And, 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 and that's why I feel like, um, it's not really negativity going back to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. It's more of being real with yourself. I agree. Yeah. You have to, you have to know where your weaknesses are. I mean, yes, if you, if you, if you're talented, you're hardworking, that's cool, but you got to really know where you lack, where you fall, where your weaknesses are. So you can either maneuver your strengths to kind of cover that, or you yeah. can do something to improve those weaknesses. You can't just rely strictly on your ego or confidence. I hate when people say, Oh, confidence is what you know whatever makes you this or makes you that it's like sure confidence can take you a certain way but it's not going to be the only answer like there's a lot of work that you have to do a lot of things that you have to know and it takes being humbled being a Mm -hmm. student you're not a fucking chief you're not a you're not a teacher you're not a boss shut Mm -hmm. the fuck up and like (laughs) learn some shit everyone's talking about like everyone their fucking you know bios oh i'm ceo this company it's like do you even have an llc my guy you know what i'm saying it's like an EIN number? Do you have any of that shit? Uh, whatever. I mean, shit. I don't have an LLC, but I will start we'll one. Get, we'll get one. Yeah, I mean, but you're I'm, Vegas. Yeah, like yeah. But you I'm not. But I'm not here saying that I'm like a boss or I'm not any of that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that I don't know this shit. I know that I still have work yeah. to do, and yeah. I think people need to come and uh, uh, and approach the game and with that mindset. 
I I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I, I agree with you with all the love in my heart. It's like, in order to succeed, this is what I'm saying is like, if you want the answer of like success, it's like sometimes yeah, as an actor, it's like, as anything, like you have to work from the bottom, like, cause you don't know anything and you haven't like, I, okay, yeah, cool. I was doing theater since I was five years old. That doesn't mean it translates to on camera. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you know how to work when there's like one camera, two camera, five, camera, whatever. It doesn't matter when you have like a 5 a.m. call time, you need to like be, do your blocking and like, that's a completely different ball game. So yeah. like people like, I, I had arguments, like it's not to turn into shit talking, but I've heard a lot of different, I've been really lucky to be around again, best of the best that people are like really succeeding because I've watched them do all their homework. Yeah. All their homework, all the extra credit, they go to get tutors if they need. And that's a certain privilege because they like have a accessibility to that. And I also mm-hmm. know friends who do that when they don't have a lot of money, but they yeah. prioritize putting the money that they do. And they work their asses off in a side hustle, bartending, whatever, and allocate that, that mm-hmm. time, not going out or whatever. If you're mm-hmm. willing to do that so that you're so freaking good that you're undeniable. Yeah. Then, yeah, it makes sense that you are succeeding. It's not a like, oh, they're a Nepo baby. Like there, those exist, but not mm-hmm. all of them. And I have people within my life that I'm like, I've watched them go from the same acting class as me struggling just as hard to pay a couple hundred dollars for those monthly acting classes you know Mm -hmm. and watching them make choices that like contributed to their actual success that's inspiring as hell Mm. so to me it's like the most loving thing you can do to somebody is not bullshit them because when i wanted to um be an actor pk who's the founder of collab he told me not to do it and mm. he's the guy who's telling all Asians, like, go pursue your creative dreams. Uh-huh. And he was 100% real with me. He's like, because I was in college at that time. He's like, A, he thought I was going to drop out of school. So he's like, you better not quit school, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, like, if you are not willing to give up a plush life that you're kind of on track for, if you go to this good school and you get a good job and you want to be a doctor and all this stuff, it's like, if you're not willing to give all that up, all the security, all the pension, all the vacation days, he's like, if you're not willing to give that up, he told me to go work and then see if I'm willing to give it up. He's like, maybe you want to be an actor then. Mm. And that's the best things he told me. And yeah. I really, I listened to him and mm. changed my life because I did want to give it up. Cause I was like, this is like, for me, I had a certain level of belief in myself. Not that like, I'm so talented, but I was like, I'll work hard and I'll learn what I need to do. But I at least want to also try yeah. so that I'm not like wondering. Also all this stuff that I'm like giving up, yeah, I am willing to give it up. And it was a hard question to answer, but I'm glad someone prompted me to ask the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, so yeah, that's the way. And that's when I like would talk to all these kids from like collab, whoever I'm talking with, I would do my best not to like over, I don't know their life and I don't know their, you know, what talents they have, what privilege and advantages they have, what disadvantages they have, what family, mm-hmm. if they have to help their parents out. I don't know what their situation is. Yeah. But like, I think, like you said, just being very real with people is the best thing. Is the most helpful thing you can do. No, yeah, it's and the, it's saying, the like, best thing. It's and and that's in all forms of life. Like, hey, dude, you're fucking up, or hey, um, yeah, that dress does make you look fat. Everything that you can <laughs> think of in terms of honesty, it's it's always the best. And it, I've learned this the hard way because I mean, you know, my friends come from a, a good place, you know. Um, and when I when back in the day, or maybe they just couldn't tell either, but mm-hmm. um. When I was when I first started, like when I was rapping in my twenties, like um, I was, I obviously wasn't as polished, but mm-hmm. they would you know boost me up, you know, like and like because I had I had the talent of 
putting the words together, right? Mm-hmm. But my delivery was dog shit. And um, they would not like let me know this. So I didn't try improving at all. So I'm on stage rapping like an asshole. That just sounds terrible. But if you're able to look, you know, look past me rapping off beat and terrible flow and find the bars that I actually put together, then you might have some type of respect for me. But other mm-hmm. than that, you know, if the flow off the surface sounds trash, I'm not on beat or whatever, then it's just I'm going to get turned off right away. Mm-hmm. And I and I created a huge ego for myself because I was around homies that kind of did that. And, um, yeah, so, but, but I learned eventually I got humbled when I moved to LA Mm -hmm. and, um, so like, I I guess this is a story, I guess you could say that, um, in in my, a part of my journey is I was never really into performing like that. Mm. Um, cause when I started rapping, I was, it was around the time where people were selling CDs out the trunk of their cars. And that was kind of the path I wanted to take. There was no Spotify. There was none of this shit. You know, YouTube, you can upload your music so people could listen to on the internet. You had mm-hmm. to like hand it to people. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of the hustle I wanted to do because I didn't give a shit about performing. You know, mm. um, I just liked, I, I was like the type of artist, kind of like a painter, right? I would paint my shit. Here's the art. And then I'd go work on something else. I wasn't thinking about I'm going to do a CD and tour this same fucking CD for a whole year and perform the same 12 songs or whatever it is is on the CD for a whole year. No, I just want to do the shit and put it out there and then get paid, whether selling it through, uh, you know, throughout the trunk or my car or whatever it is. And um, but then when I get when I get to L.A., you know, the the, the music game has changed. People don't buy CDs anymore. Right. Everything is digital. And it's mm-hmm. not even, and it's like when it comes to digital, we were selling MP3s at one point through iTunes. So I was like, okay, I guess this is feasible. I'll continue to do that. I'll perform for this, you know, just for the sake of performing to promote the music so they can buy that. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to perform. But now it's at a point where no one even down, goes to iTunes to buy music anymore. They just go to Spotify, pay the $10 monthly fee, whatever the fuck, and listen mm-hmm. to as many songs as they want for free or for mm-hmm. $10. Now mm-hmm. that fucks my, my hustle up. Because mm-hmm. now I can't make money off of selling music anymore. Music mm-hmm. nowadays is a promotion tool. Mm-hmm. A music video, an MP3, stuff on Spotify, that is mm-hmm. all. It's, I mean, yeah, you can make money off of those like streaming platforms. But mm-hmm. at this point, you can't, it's like you're not going to make shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get a million mm-hmm. views, you get like $37. So with that being said, now that you know, um, artists have to perform. That is mm-hmm. how artists make their living. They tour and merch. So now mm-hmm. you not you, now I have to be a show. I have to run a show and I have to be a Walmart. So now mm-hmm. I gotta print out mugs and fucking t-shirts and pins and stickers and wristbands. And this mm-hmm. is not what I got into the game for, but yeah. this is what it is. So I have to kind of get into that. So now I'm getting into it. I'm putting together shirts and I'm performing now. And like and like there were times where um like I performed and I was like so not into it and I would just blank out on stage. And, mm-hmm. and, and then it got to a point where I just kept blanking out on stage mm-hmm. and it became like, that became traumatizing. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't want to perform anymore. But then mm-hmm. I had an album release and I actually performed the whole album and it was pretty much flawless. Um, but, and then I tried performing again and I didn't know what it was. I don't know why I would, you know, uh, why I kept like choking or why I kept forgetting my shit on stage because on the actual day where the most pressure was on me, I did flawlessly. 
But on these other shows where I did, you know, I don't have too much pressure on me. I just kept fucking up. I don't mm. know what it was. Mm. Um, so, so that's kind of the reason why music was kind of falling off for me. Cause it's like, yo, I'm not going to make a living off doing this shit. You know mm. what I'm saying? And, and mm. trust me. And people say, oh, don't give up. I performed. I went to re- recording places by myself for hours and I would record fine. And then when it comes to the performances, it just comes out like dog shit. So mm. I guess maybe it's it's still as a mental thing. Maybe I'm traumatized from the first few performances, but right. um, it it really it's what really pushed me away from one of the main things that pushed me away from music because yeah. for one that's one of the ways you're supposed to make your money. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So that's mm. why I went to the the whole. I was trying something else, trying to do uh, more, you know, media and shit. And then now it's kind of a combination of music and media. And well, I, selfishly, and because I'm like obnoxiously up, like positive sometimes, mm-hmm. I'm like thankful that it created what it did, and while also being like, I'm really sorry that that like that's such a difficult thing to have to like experience, and then yeah. feel like feel like the thing that you want is completely inaccessible in that way. Like yeah. you're you're cut off from that that you want. Exactly. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and it's not like, oh, fuck, I fucked up and I I give up. It was like, dog, I was trying for years to get my, mm-hmm. my like, literally my act together. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't it for me. Um, so with that being said, yeah, that's, uh, that was me knowing, you know, understanding my worth and understanding like, okay, may, maybe this might be the time to let go. But, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, but, you know, I guess God or the universe, or whatever, it was just like, Nah, give it a little try. Give it another try. Start rhyming again. Because <laughs> you're really freaking good at it, Trust. Thank you so I, much. I appreciate it. It's great. It's great that we're like, I just love hearing your story and being able to like process through all these like very specific things that um, not everybody can like, I can't, I don't get to talk about this the way that I get to talk about it with you. So this is like a pleasure. And I think that it's interesting in terms of like grand scheme of like timing because I very much believe in like timing is everything, right? And mm. when it comes to art, timing, there's like co- to comedy, to music, beats, whatever. When 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 something happens makes a lot of sense and it matters a lot. But the previous episode that I just did um, was like me just talking. It was a solo like my story uh, storytelling time. It's actually a story about how, a time where I like hurt my one of my best friends and I was like a really shitty friend mm. and what I learned from that. But one of the funny things is that processing me accepting my flaws and like accepting that I really hurt somebody that matters a lot to me and having to like, you know, eat crow and have to apologize and like forgive, be forgiven by her, like apologize to her for real and also forgive myself for like having messed up. Because like once those things, basically the whole narrative was like once you like, if you don't process all the stuff that like the gunk that like sits inside of you, mm-hmm. like all the failures and like all the me- mistakes that you made and all the stuff that like, oh, coulda, woulda, shoulda been like better. And if I had done this, it would have been different, right? Yeah. If I hadn't messed up that moment. I, I used to be the person that would like mull over that. And there's a certain level of value it gave me, which is that it gave me maturity and wisdom and I'm learning from my mistakes, right? Like yeah. you got to like think about it and you got to be very accurate, as accurate as you can be objective. Like that's how I messed up. Mm. Uh, so when that came up, it would have been good for me to like prioritize seeing my friend over like, 
going to a networking event. Like, what was I thinking? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's value that you get from thinking. But then after that, after you learn that lesson, then it's just like, you're just stuck in that negative energy. Now you're just like, damn, I'm so stupid. Like, Mm. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, she can't trust me anymore. I can't even trust me. Like, I'm a dumbass. Like, whatever. Right. Then it becomes Mm -hmm. like a thing. And then things add on. So what I was talking about the last episode was like releasing a lot of that and a lot of that forgiveness coming from like, if you care, like you can listen to the episode, but (laughs) it was a lot of this self-forgiveness that I've been doing in the last, like, especially in the last four months, it's really Mm -hmm. been the last three years, but especially in the last four months. And I'll tell you from like a creative side and like a business side and all of that, Mm -hmm. my life has gone astronomically better in Mm. terms of like, specifically I'm saying this because you said the term was just letting go. I I let go of not only like a lot of negativity in, Mm -hmm. in the form of like anger, resentment, guilt, like feeling embarrassed and just like humiliated. Like I shortchanged myself. I like let my friend down and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I was carrying a lot of this negative stuff within me, which I think creates that self-sabotaging attitude mm. because you're just like, you're just like one millimeter short of like your breakthrough or whatever, like just doing the thing that's going to kind of take you over the finish line. Yeah. But you don't do it. You know, mm. it's not like you can't do it. It's like, you won't do it because there's all this stuff in you. Mm. So the letting go thing, I'm very big on like law of attraction stuff and not just law of attraction, but just like quantum physics of like energy and emotion and spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you are holding on to stuff, including the the past version of yourself where you messed up and you weren't good enough in XYZ, mm-hmm. if you're holding on to that and you're also like desperate for like that external validation, whatever that may be, it's like mm-hmm. the label calling you and the agency calling me and like this director wanting me for their project. Mm -hmm. If that's like what you need in order to survive or like be an artist, that's to, for me, it was something major that I had to let go of. I actually like did a whole visualization of me, like leaving film TV, all of it behind because I was like, it is something that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. But if I'm doing this only because like, I don't feel like I have an identity. If I don't have it, that's ridiculous. Because I am still me. I'm still a daughter. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. Like, I'm a lot of things. This is not the end all be all. And suddenly, I'm telling you, I wasn't doing that to get an outcome. I was genuinely like, Mindy, you really like get it together. Like, you don't need to put all of your eggs in this basket. You don't need to put all the weight of like your success on like whether you achieve these goals or not. Mm -hmm. Just like let it be something dope that you get to do Mm -hmm. if you do it. And if you don't, like, that's okay too. And I had to really get okay with that. And I'm telling you something, it's like, it was a weird magic, but like things have been going great and I didn't need it anymore. And it's like that whole paradox of like, when you stop needing anything, that's when like it can arrive, you know? And it's like, that's when you're open. And I, and I think that, uh, once you let, once you let go of that, that's, Mm -hmm. um, like that, I guess that burden on your shoulders Mm-hmm. It kind of relaxes the rest of your body to move more fluidly. I guess mm-hmm. it's like a physical, I guess, uh, physical like um, analogy. But yeah. like the 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 like you're more nimble when you have less of that weight on you, mm-hmm. and because of that, um, it's how you're able to succeed. Because now you can like nav, you know, like hypothetically or um, not the word I'm looking for, but like you're able to navigate through that a lot bit a bit more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um. Yeah, and and that's what it is. Is like obviously, you know, you can't just like completely stop caring about your product. Oh yeah, yeah but yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you know, be mindful of it. But it's like at the end of the day, um, you just you just just let it go. And the reason why it's easy for me to do it is because it's not like I'm dropping an album every year 
where people mm-hmm. can have a full year to like judge it. I mm-hmm. drop one thing. And if it's dog shit, I have one day to make up for it. Cause you're always as good <laughs> as your last you know, piece of work. Right. Yeah. I drop something every fucking day. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have time to, you know, uh, to mourn or whatever it is of my that last thing I did. Wasn't that good. The flow wasn't clean. I was like, cause yeah. this next one can always be better. Yeah. So that's, so that's helped me be, that's kind of like the, I guess, almost like a cheat code that, yeah. that prevents me from getting into that mentality is because, um, I'm, I don't have time to like, you know, um, like sit there and dwell on how whack the previous one was because this next one's about to be fire. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I love that. So it's, it's a, a benefit. Great. It's a benefit. Yeah. I, I, I think that's honestly like, yeah, great benefit. They say like, that's the best thing about TikTok. Or like just the the content creation process, if you're mm-hmm. like on that grind and you're committed to it, it's amazing because of that perspective it gives you. Nothing's mm-hmm. so precious because you're going to keep creating, you're going to keep moving. And like you said, it's just, it's a drop in the bucket at the yeah. end of the day. It teaches it, you something. Yeah, then, absolutely. But it's also bad too, because like, damn, that was fucking fire. Like, you know, you <laughs> want that one to last forever. But it's like, you know, but the shit I'm talking about is like, it's going to be like the lifespan of these songs or of these videos are like literally one to two days and True. then after that they don't matter anymore well i'm glad that you're very much in the moment it sounds like you're like in this amazing chapter of this creation and the way that i'm looking at a lot of things in my life is like the age that i'm at and the things that i've been able to do and what i care to share with an audience because i have a range of like age of listeners to this it's just like we're always evolving and that sounds so cliche but it's true and like mm-hmm the the weight that we'll put on like what this is at this moment and we're always thinking a step ahead or you know step behind mm-hmm. just like being present and being like no this is what i'm getting to do now i'm learning like even like voiceover for, for this is like a complete not a fluke i think it was meant for me but it was never an intended part of my career as an actor mm. i've gained so much like experience a lot of growth in my like you know my lifestyle and all these things like true brain expansion from going on that mic all the time and like learning how to work with clients and like how to audition all the time and how to be sharp, how to like take care of my voice, how to say no to things, like mm. all this stuff. I've learned so much from something that was completely unexpected. So I think like this is like an unexpected chapter of your life. You're going to be in it. You're like doing your thing. You're going to do your best, like deliver excellence, provide value. And who knows where it's going to go from here? You know, yeah. like I think it's really exciting. And we don't want to like muddy the waters too much, or, like thinking too much in the future, but it's just like recognizing what I say to like people tuning in. People change, we change, times change, freaking AI is a thing now. Like, who no. knows? Like, I genuinely, like, I'm like my voiceover work, I'm genuinely preparing myself mentally for it to like not be a thing. Wow. Soon. You, you think AI is going to take over? It could. It's just, it's, it's um, not like cheapening in like a. I just accept like the way that like the internet and how wireless phones like put all the landline people out of business. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like things change. So to say I'm a very change resistant person or I was. Mm -hmm. So I think it doesn't serve me to not face the truth, the reality. Like you said, like just Mm. keep it real. This is likely going to create a lot of opportunities for companies to create voiceover that is much cheaper, easier. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Maybe I'll still have a job, but also like not dwelling in that, like, oh my God, what am I going to do to like get out of that flight or flight mode? Fright? Mm. 
I'm not saying it right. Fight or Fight flight. or flight. Fight yeah. or flight mode. And be like, you know, this was like a gift and a blessing for me to experience, but this wasn't the end all be all. And like, be agile, like mm-hmm. pivot yeah. and go to the next thing. Like, then now, okay, cool. Now I got to focus on filmmaking because that's what I wanted to do. Mm. So is, is, is the voice acting what you're doing now that's like, uh, that's paying the bills? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. It paying is. the bills with that? It is. I can't wait to get to that level where I don't have to like have this day job that I have now. But- Here's my thing. I'll say like there's days where I miss that though. I'm very lucky and I'm not trying to like diminish that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm super, super lucky. And I also work my butt off to like I, I gave up on camera acting to focus on voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um and I was working on a startup. I was doing all these things specifically so that I could have enough financial room. I was hustling my butt off. Like I don't call, this was like an unexpected surprise, but it wasn't all luck. Like I worked really hard to create um, a portfolio of work. It got a little bit offensive to me because a lot of people were noticing that I was working and they're trying to have me like teach them how to do voiceover. And like, so I did for like multiple people, several people who none of them really move forward on it, but I was trying to give Mm. them like everything I learned from years of my work, Um, Mm. give them advice, give them templates, like do all this stuff. But like, unless, like you're saying, like, unless you do the thing, that's like, you got to work and like, it'll work for you. But um, yeah, I don't even remember what my original point was. It's just like, it's such a surprise. But like, then you have to like sacrifice things. I gave up a lot and I had to refocus just so that I could survive. Cause I had to, cause I didn't have an income. So then I got smart and then um, I followed where people were asking for me. The same thing as I think what you're realizing with like, what you're doing and what you're creating on TikTok is where people are like excited for the thing that you're, you're providing value, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a clue. It's a data point for you to say, Hey, like, this is something that I'm onto something here. Yeah. That's yeah. how I felt with, with voice work. Wow. It wasn't something I was chasing. It was kind of chasing me or it was inviting me back. And I was like, Oh, mm. and maybe I should spend some time here because it's providing value in my life so I can pay my rent. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Are you in, like, are you enjoying it as much as you would enjoy like acting? when you were doing it <laughs> i think because of what it provided me during the time that it did i i was i have really enjoyed it mm-hmm. but i'm at a point actually right now it's funny that you ask i i'm kind of wondering from that re- for like the enjoyment part which i don't think all work is meant to be all enjoyable work there's still work i gotta work yeah of course um but also because of the ai thing and because like where i'm just at like i made my my short film that i made last year is now entering festivals it got into la asian film festival i was like so honored to receive a producer award from like toronto script and film awards yeah i saw that congrats by the way thank you and so now i'm getting like inklings of like okay is it time to like let go of that but that's become a security blanket do you know Mm, what i mean so to like i have to recalibrate all the time i was like how am i spending not only my physical energy because voiceover can get really tiring i get really like worn out because mm-hmm. i'm performing yeah and auditioning and like editing and doing all that stuff yeah so like how are you trying to use your time and energy so yeah i can I, don't know. I, I can imagine that because uh, i, I kind of went through the same thing with like going to music is it time to let go of the music and go into this media thing mm-hmm. and um and i, I see that's kind of what you're going through right now and what yeah. is if i was um if you could answer how uh what would make that answer for you like what would be that finding okay it is time to let go and go straight into making films what would be that 
it is tied to money. If there was, it would be, that'd be one component. It wouldn't be the only thing. If somebody's just like, okay, here's a buttload of money, <laughs> give up this thing. I wouldn't necessarily do that. I don't know. Good question. It's, it, it, there's it a part be, of me. Uh-huh. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, there's this part of me that like doing a lot of commercial work. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're like buying my voice to like sell products. And it <laughs> feels a little funky. As like, I was like, well, I've, I've sold a lot of stuff for a lot of people. <laughs> and just, I don't know. I'm honored to a degree that like, you know, they're like, oh, because we trust your, your, you sound like a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, thank you. I work really hard to be a trustworthy person <laughs> as best as I can. Um, and that exchange, I don't know. I feel like we're in a really unique time right now where everyone's just reevaluating, like, what's the value of what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing all this? I think that's what COVID taught us. Mm. Like, why am I busting my ass like 80 week hours a week mm. to make the top 1% more of a gajillionaire, right? So that I can't afford healthcare still. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... There's a lot under the microscope right now. So I'm in, like, I get really meta. Like I go very big in terms of like, why am I doing this? Is it making my life better? Do I need like a really nice house? I would love to have a nice house. I want to invite people overall. That's my thing. I love to host. Yeah. Uh. But if I didn't, like I would still be okay. You know, like if I don't get a house in the Palisades, like I'll still be me, mm-hmm. you know, I'll still enjoy taking walks outside and I'll still get emotional looking at trees and shit. Like that's who I am. (laughs) And that's free. That's hundred percent free. You know, I don't need, I just need my health intact and what's worth giving up my health over, you know, my time. So. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is it's, it it depends on like what, how the work does affect you. Right. Like Mm -hmm. when you say your, your health, like for me right now, it's, I think it's somewhat detrimental to my health. I'm not getting Mm -hmm. any sleep. You know, and I'm at an age where, um, where I need to, I need to look at everything, what I'm eating, yeah. how much sleep I'm getting, am I exercising? Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm not in my twenties anymore. I'm at, yeah. a, I'm at a point where everything I do or don't do is going to directly affect me. So, yes. um, I'm basically doing like that, the 20 year olds grind, you know, like no mm-hmm. sleep, just work full time and then come home and work full time again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause that, that is my process after I go home from work. I get home, I write it, I record it, I edit it. And by the time it's done, it's like one in the morning. And then mm-hmm. I'll, or sometimes if I'm lucky, it's like 11. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then I got to go to bed for, and I got to wake up in like five, six hours. And mm-hmm. it's a continuous thing. And mm-hmm. if I told you what my job was, um, and you can understand like the amount of like mental and yeah. not mental, maybe somewhat emotional. Um, cause you know, I can empathize with people. Um, but, all that weight and then coming coming back and then rapping about people getting shot and yeah. all these different things so that can yeah. that can you know weigh you down a bit you yeah. know yeah. luckily for me i've kind of uh kind of accepted the world for what it is you know what i'm saying yeah. like um yeah. it so it doesn't affect me as much um yeah. because i've always believed this the world's been kind of been a shitty place it's just amplified because we have access to see everything now yeah so, uh, so with that being said, it doesn't, uh, that part doesn't really affect me as mentally. Um, but it's just like a combination of things and lack of sleep and have, and, you know, and I have to perform vocally and physically and with the camera. So it, it, it 
pays a toll on your body. And there's times where I, I skip dinner, you know, and I need my nutrients. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I trust. No. Okay, well... <laughs> Like it, can, it gets that bad. And that's, and that's, that's why the first part of my, the first goal of, of this whole thing is to be able to quit the job. Yeah. Thankfully for me, the, the, the good thing about it is I don't get paid shit at my job. So mm-hmm. it won't take as much, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it is still a different thing for me to, you know, start a Patreon and, you know, getting money through ads. So it's, it's that's another job. Very, too. Yeah, like for it's, real. It's a whole so, new thing for me to to explore and learn. So I don't know how long it's going to take, but hopefully, you know, people subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> no, it's all all of that. And I think like in, if we're talking agility, I want to also leave space of like, and I felt that with this podcast, because I'll tell you my season one of this podcast, like a hundred some episodes long. Jesus I kept going Christ. every week or like, I was like. I didn't know I had no structure. That was my issue. Like, and I'm still learning that now. How do you have a good enough plan so that you can plan for you to have a break? And because I was like that with collab, it was 24 seven, 365. I didn't take a vacation because any vacation was me traveling for collaboration, but that wasn't a vacation. I'm still working. I'm like going to dinners and like talking with volunteers and like, I'm not having a break to like be bored and like just enjoy the yeah. nature, like I'm doing that for 30 minutes before I got to go to another thing. Um, and so I understand that. And I have a lot of respect for that. And I also think it's a cultural thing where we believe like we can't ever take a break. And there are actual things at stakes, like you said, it's not like, oh, it's not just mental health. It's like your ability to have your livelihood. Right. So I'm whole, I'm totally happy to talk with you offline more about that. But also what I want to share, like as we're talking on this recorded medium is that for me, when I um, stepped down as executive director of collaboration, I was at like zero, right? I lost my salary. Mm. And that's where I think, that's where, again, I told you, I sacrificed certain things because it was ironically the same time I got audited by the IRS. And like, wow. it was, I took it to multiple accountants because I was so confused. Like, what did I do to like, it was a very minor thing. It was about like my mileage or something. It was like oh, something wow. so small. And they're all like, it's so random that you got audited. And I had to, oh, on top of not having a full-time job, I had to spend all this time going through my, like from years ago, my taxes. And then I owed the government 3,300 extra dollars. They're wow. like, you, you have to pay. So not only was I out of a full-time job, <laughs> I had a $3,300 bill within that year, within that year. And so it was stressful as hell, but I'll tell you that it was actually the biggest blessing. And I'll tell you why me looking at my, it wasn't even that year. It was a few years back, of course, because that's the, the year that they're like evaluating me taking a look at the hard, cold truth of how I was spending all my money. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't making a lot of money, but I made money and what looking at by every dollar and cent and having to account for that was the numbers don't lie. And so that's where I actually had a really big turning point of like, man, I was investing so much money into acting classes, headshots, all of the um, casting websites, like updating real stuff, recording stuff. Like I I spent a lot of money. I invested a lot into acting, right? Mm. But even when I was doing it on the side, because I kept saying like, this is a thing that's like giving me life and like, it's my passion and blah, blah, blah. But that's also when I was starting to get like little like voiceover jobs here and there. So when I was looking at the numbers of like, where's all the money going and where's it coming in? It gave me, that was a huge indicator to me for me to step aside from on-camera acting. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't immediate, but it was the information that led me to saying like, I'm investing all of this and I'm getting little to no return on it. It's not, I'm not making enough money from like on-camera acting, which was very little Mm -hmm. to justify all of this spending. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was just hard decisions like that. And then from there, it was a stepping stone of like really looking at what do I need to survive and like making a number out of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then looking again at how I made my income to survive previous years and then devising multiple plans. Like mm-hmm. I'll literally share my spreadsheet with you. <laughs> like I gave myself all these different scenarios of like, if because I was doing hosting at the time, I was emceeing things, you know, at the live events. I was like helping with PR stuff. I was doing so many things to just like make ends meet. Yeah. Learn from every single one of those. And I use that to my advantage because even at the time, if I was inconsistent, undisciplined, whatever, I was a determined little queen. Like I say that <laughs> I'm a determined queen and I'm Korean as hell. So I'm like, you can't kill us that easy. Like we, yeah. we're survivors. Right. So I, I was like really trying to use everything I could to like find a way for myself. Mm. And I never treated like this is forever, but this is what I need to survive. And I got to be ruthless in like meeting that. If it doesn't meet it, mm-hmm. it's got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do that many more free gigs. Like, I had to start saying no. And that's like my community heart. I was just like, I can't. Like, I need something. At least cover the gas. You know, I had to yeah. start asking for something. Because I was like, I don't have finances to just give away at this moment. You know? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever write off any of those, like, headshots and reels? And I wrote those? them off. But, oh, okay. like, at the same time, like, again, to live here, to eat here, mm-hmm. to, like, I was paying my own insurance. I didn't have benefits. Like, yeah, I'm you paying know, my like own insurance it, right now, too. Yeah, it adds up. It's real. So it's like, how do you help yourself? There's ways to frame things of like, oh, man, I got to give this up, give this up. But it's like, no, I'm like investing in this. Yeah. I'm investing in my my mental. That's the way I would frame it in my head, which would make me it's so much more easy to choose that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still hard to like go through it. Like you have to you have the pain of sacrificing something. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was always focused on what it is that I want. I want stability. I want to be able to sleep. I want to be able to like still have enough money to like eat out once in a while. Right. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself tears of like, this is how much I need just to barely get by like bare minimum. Yeah. This is like for comfortable. This is like ideal. Yeah. And once I actually did that, I'll tell you for me, it took less than two months to reach the medium goal. Nice. Because I had a strategy and then I had numerics of like how I had to hit it. Mm-hmm. So saying like, okay, if I'm getting these like tiny voiceover jobs, I need at least like 10 of them a month. Mm. And what's my ratio of booking? Like, okay, if I'm on this platform and I'm doing like what? So I started like churning out numbers. Like you're doing that. Like I was doing the numbers to like have something to lean on. Mm. What numbers? What numbers in terms of what? Like, uh. Like my booking ratio. So saying like, okay, I, I book, I seem to book one out of every like 10 to 12, you know, I was doing the math. Mm -hmm. It takes me like 12 auditions to book like a small job. This is back when I was doing like a pay to play platform. Mm. Um, and so I was like, okay, then I need to book like this many jobs to get that bare minimum. If I get this medium, like better paying jobs or like, oh, I got to get an agent now. Right now I'm going to go get an agent. And if I do an agent job, those are like bigger jobs, but they're more rare, right? Mm. Oh, if I get one big agent job a month, then I'm covered for my bare minimum. Do you know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. having that in my brain as like, a, that's the goal and I have a certain time frame, it made me perform differently. I don't know how to put it, but like mm. I showed up more purposeful, not like, oh, I'm like shooting at a moving target. I was like, no, I know what my target is. Yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, and then you also kind of let it go and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna do the best I can, but I would really like to book this job because I know it will, will serve me at this moment. Mm. And it wasn't a perfect thing, but it, it worked like incrementally. It worked having like a direction that I was aiming for and having numbers to hit. 
Okay, so having so, so having tangible goals, basically. Basically, and I'm telling you, it's like I was so funny. I realized in that moment, like I was a very dream oriented girl. I wasn't a goal oriented girl. <laughs> Dude, and honestly, that's every artist, and that's yeah. every artist. Artist is like, I just want to make it. I'm like, what does make it mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's about making millions of dollars. Okay, that's that's a from from where you're at now to millions. That's a big jump. Like, how mm-hmm. you gonna? What are you gonna do in between that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but the thing is, so that's kind of the positive thing about social media is that you have tangible numbers. Yeah. Such as you know followers, likes, engagement. That gives you because, um, like back in the day, as, as an artist, it's like you don't know how well you're really doing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, what I mean, I, sure. If you get signed to a label and then they give you uh, the sales from your CD that was in in the stores, that was kind of yeah. how you knew if you're doing well or not. But if you're yeah. a local artist on the way up, you have no idea how good you're doing. You know, yeah. I guess maybe on a local level, how many CDs you sold, right? But at this point, it's like um, because of social media, you have a tangible, you have tangible goals. Like, all right, I first go by this month, I want to reach this many amount of followers. I want to be able to get this, you know, because that's going to help determine your your uh, monetary worth, right? Mm-hmm. And with with that hustle, it um, it brings it. It kind of comes with a lot of bullshit too, because it's not yeah. just like, oh, let me just work on talent. Now people have gimmicks. People do things to go viral, and it's just like. You do things that are so extra, and it's just like you kind of lose your, uh, I guess, just your sense of self of what your original plan was. And a perfect example for me that I see, I don't know if you know the artist named Ruby Rose. That sounds familiar. Ruby Rose is also an actor, I believe, or an actress, okay. I believe. But Short this, hair? Yeah. I think, that's okay. her, I think that's what her name is. But there's an a music artist also known as Ruby Rose. Okay. And she... Um, She's a female rapper, and um, I think she's super attractive, right? And that's kind of the only reason why I follow her is because she's mm-hmm. very provocative. She shows, you know, shows her ass, you know, whatever, blase, blase. But she's an artist. But I don't. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's like she she went so far to get attention mm-hmm. that people it, she's more seen as like an IG model mm-hmm. than an actual artist. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen any music videos from her i don't you know i don't know i just only thing i see from her is pictures of her you know doing provocative poses and you know in certain outfits and mm-hmm. it's kind of like if if instagram wasn't a thing and, and w- would you still be doing that like would mm-hmm. you still be or would you be focusing more on your craft you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's it, instagram has has brought um has put marketing in the forefront of a lot of people's artistry which yeah. kind of is a good and bad thing because, you know, you learn about marketing more. You start focusing, yeah. you have to focus on numbers. You have to focus on what gets you this, what gets you that versus, oh, I'm just dope. People should listen to me. You know, you got to know <laughs> um, people have to understand these things. And as an independent artist, you do have to be everything, including the person that handles marketing. And and it's tough. I didn't know anything about this shit. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just posting and just like as every post was a hail mary, you know. And I was just expecting that like one of these is going to go viral, you know, somehow because it's dope, you know. Who wouldn't want to watch this, you know? But obviously, unbeknownst to me, that's not how it works. So I had to understand how social media works, how th- this analytics and all this stuff. So, and I'm still learning it, you know, because now I am 
predominantly as a, more of an influencer. I have an anchor man more than an MC nowadays. Everyone's like, <laughs> oh, you're my favorite anchor man. You're my favorite anchor man. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not a rapper anymore. I'm a fucking anchor man. But no, you're both. Yeah, I'm both. I know. Yeah. But it's like for some yeah. reason, no one's just like, yo, you're, you know, I mean, yeah, they'll give you compliments on the bars and stuff, but they're more about like, yo, you're my favorite anchor man, dog. And I'm like, oh. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> make, make, make the merch on that. that I, I mean, that's what thing. it might be. Might, I might. Yeah. I, maybe I should lean in on it more, you know? Or maybe. I think as long as you're having fun, you know? Oh, I mean, I mean, besides the lack of sleep thing, yes, I am having fun doing it. I really it. want you to get sleep, though. Like, I, I really, really feel you on that. Like, it's become a very top priority for me. And I think it was, it's a vanity thing, but I was like, how can I go on camera when I look so freaking tired all the time? Like, mm. that was just me being very real because I had such a complex about it. Like, sleep and clarity of mind. Like, how am I supposed to memorize lines and know where to go? And like, you know, <sighs> so all of those, the physical things, those are not, a, those are not things to like, you know, it's not take light. It, it is, it is 100%. You are the, you're the product. Yeah. Trust. Like, yeah. so you gotta, you gotta care for that. And I, my thing is like, I'm going to all these events and socializing. I want to see all my friends and whatever I'm screaming and going karaoke. I can't do that now. Cause like, <laughs> I, I have to work. Right. And that's yeah. another thing that I like have to consider. I'm like, do I want to have to like contort my whole life around not talking? Sometimes I have pain a lot. There's also another component of like, why even with the podcast? Yeah. That's like, what I was saying. I was it, like, you do a podcast. A little so bit. You talk a that's lot. what I'm saying. I was hosting podcasting. I was running a startup. So I was doing like meetings all day long. I was doing sales interviews. I was just talking all day, every day. And then I'm trying to get paid. To, so I, I love and respect and understand the hustle. I also like question all of it. Mm. Keep questioning it. Like I don't have your answers. And like, cause we're all living our respective lives. We have different values. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to like, at this current moment, I don't care to like be viral on anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Okay. I want to just do awesome work. I want to work with dope people. I want to collaborate. Like my thing is like, I would still love to work with Viola Davis. I want to work with Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. I want to work with, you know, just those are people. I want to meet Michael J. Fox before he passed like that. I watched his doc and I'm still heartbroken over that. Like mm-hmm. yeah. there are people that I want, there are things that I want to achieve, but like they've shifted, you know? So like, I think as long as we're always open to that, what we need right now is what we need right now. And once you get that need met, if that's just money or if it's sleep or whatever, mm-hmm. when you meet that need and it becomes, then you have that, that whole like skill set under your belt. Right. Yeah. And then you got that need met and now you can kind of expand in advance. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say we always got to stay agile and then stay fluid, stay open, stay curious, and then stay committed at least to the present moment. Because right now, that is the most important thing. You're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. You have no idea like what's going to happen with social media, how it is it, it's going to expand or shut down. We don't know. Mm. Um, so that's also where I'm saying at this moment in time, fun is a big priority for me. Mm. Like if I'm not having a good enough time doing it at my age, after how much I've worked, like I don't really care as near. I'm not willing to sacrifice my own enjoyment as much as I used to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no. nah, I paid my dues. This is whack. I'm done. I'll do something <laughs> else. Like, I yeah. hate this. Get no, me out of here. I, I completely agree. And it's prioritizing your time and what you dedicate your energy to makes a big difference. And I think that, like compared to back home, and I think this is a, a different aspect of the conversation of also having a tribe uh, mm-hmm. to, to talk to. It's mm-hmm. tough doing that in LA, right? Because for one, you know, you want to dedicate your energy to people, but then like, you want to dedicate the energy to that drive. 
you know, like that traffic and stuff like that. And I think that's what uh, hindered a lot of people from, at least from a lot of me and my friends from like linking up, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, for, in terms of that is also, I think important because I was keeping my head down, you know, working, not really talking to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, that also, I mean, we're social beings and I feel like you you need to have that. And uh, I would just want to throw that in there. Just to make sure that you know you 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 have a tribe of people that you can talk to and just yes. be social with, because that also helps with your mental health. I think. Hell yeah, I love that. I'll say too the benefit we have, and we got to wrap it up in a second, but because yeah. because I could talk to you for literally like fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. But I want to like offer this is like one of the things that I think has helped me a lot. I know I feel really lucky coming out to LA mm-hmm. was that I came in with a community already kind of here for me, so mm-hmm. I was really fortunate for that. And then also what I was trained to have in San Francisco before I came here was um, part of my acting school was like part of the admin group. So yeah. we had to join this admin group where like everybody's at a different stage in their acting career. But we're very all of us were there because we're serious about becoming working actors. Yeah. So you're not there to just learn how to be a character. You learn how the business works. And the cool thing about that is that that's what helped forge friendships. And like not everybody got along and it wasn't all kumbaya with everybody because, you know, there's different personalities. Some people just don't vibe. Yeah. But that um, that expectation, it created our expectation of ourselves to have a group where whatever fit our our schedules because some people met up at like 7 a.m on thursdays the rest of like people like nah i'm a night owl we can meet at like 10 o'clock on friday whatever right yeah and we'd have a group that we'd form and like join and everyone would come with stuff that they're working on that they need help with so and then we'd always like you know just talk afterwards and like whatever time if we could stay and kick it or we had to go like it gave us a space to like well, how are you doing? You know, like, oh, what's going on? Like, oh, I'm actually going through like a breakup too right now. It's really messing up everything. Mm-hmm. So it became um, multifaceted meetings, but there was always an intent and it created like bonds. And those are friends that like to this day, I'm still friends with. Like, I think that's exactly 10 years what, later. That's what the, I, thought, I felt like the eighth was to me. Yeah. It yeah. was, it gave everyone a reason to come out, come to this place every week or every month. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, you know, we had our we had the competitions like the the movie festival, or the film festivals, and they had the workshops. Like it gives us a reason to go there to like I guess to help with our careers. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it gave us a place to build that community and also yeah catch up with people. Hey, what's going on with you in your life? Yeah. Blase yeah. blase. And I I'm I'm so heartbroken that that whole thing went down. And I <sighs> I I've always wanted to restart it. You know, um, I know Olivia Ty tried to, but it didn't end up working out because she got COVID on the day of. Oh, man. And she so was like, oh, let's just do it an online thing. And then, like, not so many people showed up. And it was just gotcha. like, you know, it, it'd be great to see that happen, like, well, at least one more time, you know, just everyone get everyone. together. Um, There's people that miss collab, too, because we like, you know. We don't have our showcases and our conferences anymore because there's no one running that ship anymore. Or, well, PK is kind of interim, but. Does it still exist though? Collaboration. It, it technically exists. exists as an org, but like, yeah, we're still searching. So PSA, if you want to be executive director of collaboration, hit me up. Does it um, pay? We have to fundraise. They have to be part of the fundraising effort. So that's where we have to be. We have to find the right person and figure out the plan. Gotcha. Okay. I want it to be a very paid thing. This is like, yeah. So those things like people, sometimes and we just take it for granted until it's gone. 
And you're yeah. like, oh man, that that thing like provided a lot of value. So I just say that as encouragement to you and like anybody, just if you can. And I it's I know it's a lot to manage. I'm not minimizing like, oh, it's so easy. It's hard to get this is why I'm saying like event planners, people that put things together so that people can gather. Yeah. We deserve a lot of like appreciation. It's not as easy as people think and to mm-hmm. do it consistently. Yeah. Um, so but if you can, I still like I still think it's good to be a determined king and queen. Um and just keep trying, like even if it's only a couple people, it's how a lot of people survived COVID was just doing Zooms and like creating some kind of tribe or like some accountability partner or something to like have a regular check is so important. I, like, yeah. I echo what you said 100%. Yeah. It's really, really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. But trust, I'm so, so glad we got to like hang out. Of course. From the, the afternoon into night. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I have a few questions that I ask all my guests as we wrap up. Sure. To ready for the lightning questions. Okay. Not that lightning. Okay. It's just my wrap-up questions. Sure. Um, what are you grateful for today? Today, I am grateful for sleep because I did. it's the weekend. I don't work, so I get to sleep in um, as much as I can. So, like, resting is what I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, being able to rest. Good. And I hope you get lots, lots more. Okay. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to getting to the first goal, and that is to just be able to do this full time and quit my job, even if I'm struggling. Um, but as long as the basic bills are paid, um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Dope. I believe in you. I'm very confident you'll get there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and what are the last words you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Oof. Damn. Okay. You should have told me this. I would have had something prepped for it. <laughs> like a good one. <laughs> I want to be in the moment. Okay. You're good. You got to trust all right. yourself. All right. All right. Um, mine's would be to uh, work hard, but stop giving a fuck. Mm. Wiser words have never been said. You heard it here on First of All Podcast. <laughs> first of all. First of all. Yes. Well, shout out to you guys. Sure. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing all your lessons and your journey. Dude, this is so cool. And like, you'll definitely be back. We're gonna, we'll update at a later point in time. It's going to be wild, all the stuff we have to say. Mm. Like, remember when? Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully I can, I I mean, when the after, the second goal after that actually um, is actually moving back to LA. Um, I want to be able to at least, and not like go back into the same studio situation. Like I want to be able to level up when I go back, you know? A two-bedroom, you know, where I can have a whole studio to myself and then my actual bedroom. I don't have to combine work with sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be the next goal. But, yeah, hopefully I'll I'll be able to move back to L.A. so we can do this, like, the podcast stuff in person. Are you going to end up doing that? Are you going to end up doing, like, live podcasts? I would love to. Like, I'm genuine. This One of the things that I'm, like, evaluating, just, like, it's hurting my throat. My voice hurting now. So, like, I wondered what i'm supposed to do i don't know what you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know it's something i really love um so we'll i'm just taking it one step at a time i can't i don't want to promise anything gotcha but it's like you know if it's worth it you just deal with it yeah yeah but exciting times and so glad and we'll i'll, I'll link everybody so everyone can check out your page and like follow along okay It'll be great perfect thank you so much Minji. thank you have a good night
Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of First of All with Trust Real. Trust, thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank you for your work, your creativity. And I hope that you guys go check out his content. We have links to all of his everything, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, in the description. I hope you guys will go check it out because you'll learn a lot about the news and what's going on in the world and about what the hustle is. And I just, I love it. I love it so much. So, if you guys enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to it. I want to give a shout-out to somebody who shared their thoughts on the Spotify Q&A of what did you think about this episode. Shout-out to Mercedes Renshaw. Thank you so much uh, for your sweet comment about last week's episode on messing up, apologizing, forgiving, and thriving. That was a really personal, vulnerable one of mine. And uh, I'm glad to know that it it helped feed your soul. That makes me feel so wonderful. And yeah, really appreciate these the ratings and reviews. Um, it does help make the podcast more discoverable by others and hopefully can help people find it and gain something good out of it. And if you'd like to share any thoughts with me, feel free to email firstofallpod at gmail.com. You can follow along on my Instagram, uh, firstofallpod on, for the page, and Jeezy for my personal page. And... Thank you very much to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer producer, my producer, Talon Kim, and my social media manager, Juliana Deer. I love you guys. I do have a Patreon that I'm supported by some incredible backers. And you can go to firstofallpod.com to find links to all of that. And I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. And this week's intro, per usual, was provided by Uzuhan, the song Uzu Trap, a classic. And our outro this week is a song by Trust, so you guys can hear his work. Um, it's an older song of his, but it's one that I really love. It's called Slow Down. Hope that you guys enjoy it. Again, check out his work. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be good to you, be forgiving, be loving. Just enjoy life. We're all doing the best we can. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. In any storms we may have, we could last through it. You ain't heard the saying, great things take time. If you ain't got enough, don't hesitate to take mine. I want us to prevail through. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Bull Book, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Potion by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.